Hi, Peter Bulker here, and welcome to today's edition of the Transition Banner. Joining me today in the studio for today's episode is Marvin L. Storm, who is a fellow podcaster, author, and entrepreneur. And the reason I brought Marvin onto today's show is because Marvin spends a lot of his time dealing with business exits, which is something that I'm totally passionate about. And he's exited a few businesses of his own. And I'd love to get his perspective on businesses where they make their money and why exits so important. So welcome, Marvin. Great. I'm excited to be here and uh, chat about something we're both passionate about. Oh, absolutely. Now, you've done it yourself. You've done the whole entrepreneur journey, and you haven't just done it once. I have. I uh, got my degree uh, in accounting and uh, thought I would spend my world uh, working on the financial side and uh, helping companies track their money that they make. Uh, after doing that for a while, I de- decided uh, that wasn't really my gig and uh, what I didn't couldn't get passionate about. And uh, one thing led to another. And uh, with a co-founder, I struck out and opened up a small office with him, a couple of desks and phones. And uh, we were off to the races and uh, did that for about 10 years. And uh, like all partnerships, sometimes uh, people get different objectives and goals. And so he wanted to go right and I wanted to go left. And ended up uh, going our separate ways. And uh, from there, uh, after exiting that business, uh, uh, you know, had a couple of more runs at it. And uh, a few years ago, I stepped away from uh, my last company and uh, thought I would just kind of fade away and life easy. It's kind of the goal of entrepreneurs sometimes to enjoy the fruits of all their hard work and labors and found out that, uh, you know, life in the slow lane isn't all it's cracked up to be. And I got to thinking about my several exits in my career. And I thought, you know, there's probably a lot of other business owners, entrepreneurs out there that if they knew what they didn't know, because entrepreneurs get really good at what they do on a day-to-day basis. But when it comes to stepping away from their company and optimizing the value that they've created over all those years and sometimes decades, uh, and other times, a lifetime of hard work, uh, you know, you don't get really good at that because you don't do it very often. And so that's what I decided to do. So I love podcasts. I listen to them all the time. So before you know it, I had launched a podcast where I interview uh, the, the people, the attorneys, the wealth managers, business brokers, uh, investment bankers, M&A, mergers and acquisition specialists, and they bring their war stories to the podcast where they talk about the deals that went well and the deals that didn't go so well, and sometimes really horribly, uh, really ugly <laughs> deals, the good, bad, and the ugly, so to speak. And uh, so it's it's been a great journey. I just love uh, meeting all these professionals that uh, have these stories that they share about what you should and shouldn't do. Why do you think it is, Marvin, that most people will spend their entire life working in the business, working, growing their business, really getting stuck into the day-to-day? And they might do that for 15, 20, 25, 30. And when it comes to actually exiting their business, they probably make the decision they're going to exit and they really give it no time at all. It's like once they make that decision, I'm selling, I'm selling. Yeah, I've I've seen over uh, my career, uh, you know, knowing a lot of personal friends and others that I've been associated with when you are running your own 
business. Uh, that's kind of your social circle. And so I've seen a lot of people uh, get to that point that you've described. And it's generally event-driven. Uh, they uh, there's a health issue, uh, a divorce, a business partner, economy, um, you know, technology changes, the landscape changes, and all of a sudden they decide that now is the time to, to step away and exit their business. And they haven't, as you said, haven't given a 10 minutes of thought. They've spent all this time working and early to late and uh, weekends and holidays and and now it's time to sell their business and and the business is not positioned uh, properly uh, they don't think like a buyer they always think their business uh, most entrepreneurs think their business is worth a whole lot more than it actually is uh, because they've spent all this time and effort and blood sweat and tears growing it so they have this vision that uh you know, it's really worth a lot, but there are, there are metrics that uh, people, a buyer will look at. I've often asked, you know, people that have a business and they're getting ready to sell it. And I asked, you know, would you pay what uh, you're asking for this business? If you were on the other side of the table, going to write a check for your business <clears throat> and they kind of shuffle their feet and look down and say, well, you know, you got a good point. I don't know if I would pay that much money for my business because they know where all the skeletons are buried and, and some of the issues and problems. And I mean, the, and so, one thing we need it doesn't to clear, have to be that way. No, it doesn't. One thing we need to clear up, Marvin, is this. Sweat equity, no one will pay for sweat equity. You can do 30 years in your business. No one gives a damn whether you work the weekends. No one cares how hard you work. At the end of the day, when someone's going to buy a business, as you said, Marvin, they're going to buy it on a basic set of principles. And your hard work is not one of them. Now, I've got figures in the UK. I'm interested in your perspective. These people that don't give thought to selling their business and they don't structure it for a sale. How much money do you reckon they're leaving on the table? In of course, it depends on the situation, <clears throat> but uh, 50%, you know, sometimes more, sometimes less. But, you know, when you properly position a business that will be appealing to a buyer or buyers, ideally, uh, and have a great story to tell, and uh, it, it, it will create value literally overnight. I've got a lot of clients and what the clients tend to do is they go in there and they'll buy businesses that are not properly structured because by going in there and buying the businesses that are not properly structured, there is a huge saving to be had. And that's the thing that people need to understand. People will buy a business and pay a premium for it if it's properly structured and there's a lot of value, but equally they will punish you if you haven't done the work. I don't think there's any doubt about that strategy that people that focus on acquisitions and growing companies by acquisitions, and they do it repeatedly, they certainly have a leg up for someone that does not do it um, a lot and hasn't hired the right advisors to bring them on board to guide them and to help them structure their business. Uh, they're going to leave a lot of money on the table or they're going to have terms that are very rigid and structured uh, against them. Um, and they will not 
realize all that hard work. The value that they've created will largely be lost in how the deal is positioned and structured. And it's also unnecessary. It is uh, really sad to see people that are depending on the proceeds of a sale of their business for their retirement or for their next venture. Uh, and it just doesn't happen. And they scratch their head and say, why? What's going on here? So I would normally say that whenever I come across a client that I work with and they're looking to exit, we normally start working on that exit three years out. What's been your experience? Well, those that do, let me tell you, the, the world that they face when it comes time to uh, seek out a buyer is entirely different. And we talked just a few minutes ago about, you know, 25 to 50% of the value not being there. For those that uh, start with working with someone like yourself or other uh, advisors that start three years out or, and sometimes more, but, you know, a minimum of three years, uh, the, what, the, what they have and how their business is going to appeal to a buyer uh, is night and day. It's the difference between you know, having an exit where you're going to have multiple buyers at a table looking to buy you and excited to write you a check and, uh, you know, having one, maybe one buyer or not getting sold at all. In uh, you know, the statistics here in the U.S. are that 80% plus of businesses that are actually listed for sale on an annualized basis do not find a buyer. Uh, and that's also unnecessary. Uh, a business that is generating cash flow uh, and has, uh, you know, a reputation and goodwill uh, should always find a buyer if it's positioned correctly. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And what we've noticed in the last two years, especially like in the UK market, where we've had such quite severe lockdowns and the pandemic has really been severe. I know that in... In the state of California, you've had it quite bad as well, where you've had lockdowns. We've just had people ending up closing the doors. And they may have been trading for 20, 30 years, and they've just run out of steam and run out of probably cash. But it didn't need to be that way, because they weren't bad businesses. Well, it's absolutely true. Um, a lot of those situations here in other countries, uh, it's the same type of situation. There's a, a dramatic change and economic landscape. You know, we dealt with the pandemic. A lot of businesses did not survive. Others thrived in that environment. But, you know, if you have, uh, I'm actually writing a book that's going to be called Pack Your Parachute. And it's really based on that premise of being prepared. So a pilot does not uh, pack his parachute when the engines are on fire. Uh, he has his parachute packed and ready to go. So if there's an unexpected change of events, and he has to exit uh, quickly, he grabs a parachute and heads for the door. And businesses should think the same way. You should always be prepared for an unexpected event and have the, your business teed up that you can step to the exit very quickly. But if you try to run for the exits when your house is on fire, or the plane is on fire, metaphorically speaking, uh, you, when you pull that ripcord, it may or may not, your parachute may or may not open up. But if, it's, if you've taken the time to pack it and are ready to go, uh, generally speaking, you can always find a buyer. Uh, but if you're not prepared, uh, the probability is you probably won't because buyers will be hesitant because that's a, a kind of a distressed situation. And you won't be able to proper, uh, properly position it. Yeah. 
almost every business can be sold if properly positioned and can be sold for more than you think. They even beg as an argument, positioned. Marvin. There may be even an argument <clears throat> that when a business starts up and they go to the bank, the bank gives them a business loan. And they, in order to get that business loan, you need to produce a business plan. I just wonder whether there is an argument that as much as you produce a business plan, actually before you get any funding, where's your exit plan? Well, though, if, if, if people could answer that question, you know, I often get the question, uh, you know, why in the heck would I want to think about selling my business when I'm starting it or uh, it's five or 10 years out? Why do I want to think about selling and I'm too busy running my business? Well, you know, if you actually do start thinking about that exit and have some sort of timeline in place and you are actively, you know, making decisions that are going to enhance the value of your business down the road, uh, you're in a much better position because it's not necessarily the time that you take when you think about selling your business. Uh, it's the thought process. It's the frame of mind. It's how you approach things uh, that make a huge difference down the road. You know, on the podcast that I have, the Business Exit Stories podcast, I have tons of uh, examples and stories that these business intermediaries share about people that made bad decisions prior to exiting that, you know, ties one hand behind their back and really hinders the ability to exit smoothly. And there are just tons of examples. If you're a retail, uh, I have great stories of retail-based businesses that executed a lease several years before they were going to exit that didn't have a a transferable uh, clause in it that couldn't be assigned and the new lease had to be signed. And when a landlord knows that you're selling the business and he can, he, he's in control, you have no leverage. When the new buyer comes in, they have to sign a new lease. Sometimes the rents will, you know, double or in the case I'm thinking here just a little while ago on an interview that I had of a, a situation where uh, the lease rates tripled and it dropped that value of that business by a half a million uh, dollars in, in currency, you know, just by not thinking through what the least uh, transferable ability of that lease, just, just a thought process. It wouldn't have taken another hour of, uh, legal drafting and talking to the landlord years before to have that clause included and it cost them a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, that really goes back to what Stephen Covey famously said, start with the end in mind. <laughs> that couldn't be truer. Uh, I'm a big fan of him and uh, actually gone to, you know, conferences where he spoke and I had a chance to talk to him after the conferences. And it's absolutely true. You start with the end in mind. So people listening in, they're going to be thinking, okay, how do I maximize my exit? What advice would you give them? Well, we've chatted about it uh, here. Uh, certainly, uh, you give the date of at least three years in advance, but uh, you know, start thinking about it before you're burned out, before you have to exit. I think the biggest advice uh, any business owner is you want to optimize and maximize the value of all that hard work because people aren't going to pay for the value 
that that of your work that you've put in all the energy and long hours they're going to pay for actual financial metrics or what you have created that will enhance their situation will enhance their business where they can see value and if you do that properly you'll have multiple people at the table and in some situations bidding up the price because you've done a great job in making it appealing to a buyer and they want that business and so just start in advance. I think that's the, and, and you certainly are on the same page when you talk about three years and it's three years or four or five. It's never too early. Now you've got, you've got a download that you have available for today's audience. Yeah, I get a lot of inbound traffic from, you know, people listening to my podcast, the Business Secretaries podcast. And so I created a little PDF document, talks about how to double the value of, how to double the amount of money that you put into your pocket uh, when you sell a business. Uh, it's a you know, 10, 15 page uh, PDF, uh, gives some real insights and things that you can start thinking about uh, as you move toward that eventual uh, time when you are going to sell your business because you aren't gonna live forever unless you have a family member, a partner, someone you're gonna pass the business on to, you're gonna sell to someone you don't know. So you wanna be position. And that's what this PDF is all about, this download. So you can just go to businessexitstories.com forward slash report. Uh, and all you have to do is click the download button and, and it'll, you'll get it. Thank you so much for that. And actually you said something about the fact that sometimes people will pass the business to the next generation. In all fairness, you should really be treating that as a sale as well, because I've seen too it many people a transition a business from one generation to the next. And all they've done is handed a poison chalice to the generation below. And I just think that it's so unfair that basically they haven't taken the time to do the work and they've just taken their headache and given it to somebody else. They said, here you are, here's my misery. Now's your turn to run with it, which isn't the right thing to do. No, I absolutely agree. There's a way to do that. And so way to benefit, uh, you know, the business owner and, you know, it benefits him. And, and if it's structured properly, it'll enhance the probability of success for the next generation or the employees or whoever takes over the business. So absolutely, I totally agree with that. And if people want to connect with you and get more information about you and what you do, where can they go? I just think you can just go to, you can go to LinkedIn or just my podcast. If I'd had a podcast like this uh, where I could listen to stories and there are hundreds of stories um, on the podcast about other people. These are actual stories uh, and how they came, how they worked out well and not so well. And you always want to learn from other people's mistakes. Just go to Business Exit Stories uh, podcast, uh, wherever you get your podcast. And uh, that would be the best view to of what you need to do to optimize the value when you exit. So that's the best way. Brilliant. Thank you, Marvin. Well, if anything's resonated with you, you want to talk about exit, you want to look at it in a bit more detail, got some questions, head over to bulka.com, get in touch. Thank you, Marvin, for being such a fantastic guest today. Remember, failing to learn is learning to fail. So download the PDF and get learning. And most importantly, stay safe. Marvin, it's been a pleasure having you today.